Do you want to see what I do when I'm reading a Stephen King book? Yeah. So I, every time I see a connection, I fold down the page. <gasps> cool. The back, yeah, I looked up. Um, I looked up Dairy Connection, but I figured there was even more. Yeah, there's. I've definitely gotten lazy on. Also, I think you're the one who noticed Dairy Connection was down. I did. I, I texted you. God knows how long the website was down for because I let the domain lapse. And Chris was looking it up after she read the book, and she was like, "Um, your website's it's down. down." And I'm so I had getting to go. a GoDaddy redirect. I <laughs> but I fixed it. It's back up. Wow. Yeah. Did you know there are other worlds in these where they all float or get a bad disease? Let's all go to Castle Rock. We can hitch a ride with Christine. And you will find the dairy connection. And we can party like it's 6 Okay, so this is the, I believe, sixth episode of the Dairy Connection podcast. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Chris, who just read her first ever Stephen King book. Yeah. How was that for you? It was good. I read right at the beginning. I immediately texted you that I was frightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... About what page was that on, do you think? Oh, boy. Like, definitely in the first section. Okay. As soon as it mentioned Long Boy, I yeah. was like, this is scary. Yeah. And so Chris is new to Stephen King, but not new to podcasting. We were just talking about um, Chris has her own podcast. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. The podcast I made, which has one season uh, with a friend, it's called Very Serious Book Club. Mm. We read the science fiction novel Dune. Uh, Neither of us had ever read it before and we talked about it on multiple episodes. Yeah. And it's very funny. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's it's worth a listen. Um, and Chris, do you want to? How do we know each other? How would you describe our relationship? Uh, we met through work a few years ago, and then we started playing Dungeons and Dragons together. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Uh, yeah, I think Joe and I talked about it on the last episode, but I can't remember. Um, and then we've just sort of been good friends ever since. We're yeah. like nerd friends. Yeah. I think that's how Joe and I described ourselves too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. but it's fine. We, the three of us do a lot of nerd things together. Um, but yeah, we so we play D and D together, and we're the two only girls, and yep. we tend to drink the most at D and D games. So yeah, we tend to get very giggly and distracted from the actual game. Yeah, yeah. The girls that don't take it seriously Oops. enough. Yeah. <laughs> but we, my favorite story about our D and D group is that one time that we encountered a dragon, and we were supposed to fight it. And instead, we were just really nice to the dragon, and we ended mm-hmm. up being friends with it. And now we have a dragon that we can call whenever we need her. Yeah, and her name is Silverado. Oh, yeah, and she has a southern accent. she has accent. a southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> and she's great. I'm glad we didn't kill her. Me too. So I have no regrets. Yeah. Oh, also, my executive producer, Brendan, is here laughing at us. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Hey, what's up? Nothing. I'm laughing at Silverado. What an incredible experience that is. <laughs> I'm very happy that you guys didn't it kill was, that dragon. It yeah. was very magical. We have a good DM. Yeah, very good. Um, okay, so we read the book, Lisey's Story. Correct. And we read Lisey's story because I wanted you to be on my podcast, but you didn't want to read a scary book. My one request was not scary. Yeah. And so I chose what I thought was the least scary book. It's maybe still one of the least scary ones, but it's yeah. definitely not not scary. I So I've read this once before, like maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think I remembered the general vibe, but I definitely forgot a lot of things in the book. And I remember, so you texted me and said you were scared. And as I was reading it, there were, after that point, there were all these moments where I was like, oh, Chris probably got really scared reading this part. Because um, it is a little scary. It is. I think yeah. this is probably as not scary as Stephen King can be. I think that's true. Well, I'm trying to think like maybe Green Mile or Shawshank are less scary, but they're more disturbing. Okay. Although this is pretty disturbing. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) 
Um, it definitely got better as I kept reading. It was more when it was like hinting at what was scary and yeah. you couldn't tell what had happened in the past that I was like getting freaked out. Yeah. But once you started to fill in those gaps, uh, I was okay. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. There's a lot of like the, the whole book is kind of leading up to this reveal about like what really happened. And so I think he kind of tries to paint this picture to make you think the worst possible things. Totally. Um, and it is a scary thing. But um, also I was thinking, usually I do stories on this podcast, but since so few people have read this book, yeah. I think we can do spoilers, but let's not talk about the ending. Okay. Because that way people can get a feel for the book, Great. but we won't ruin it if they want to read it. Um, okay. So let's talk about in general, like, what did you, th- like, what do you think of Stephen King? What did um, you think of the book? I liked it. Uh, I will. Okay. I'll get my grievances out at the top. I wasn't sure if this was a stylistic choice for this book, but I hated all the weird hokey um, phrases and idioms, which kind of was an ongoing joke about how that was Lisi and her uh, dead husband Scott's relationship. Yeah. So I thought maybe it's particular to this book. But then she also kind of talked to her sisters that way. So I was like, maybe this is how he writes dialogue. So I I found that stuff really grating and weird and kind of creepy, but not in like, like gratuitously creepy. Um, like they kept calling her older sister Manda Bunny. Yeah, and I was like, big sis Amanda Bunny. Big sis Amanda Bunny. I was like, I don't believe that. I know. that people say that people say that yeah. and then it's just kind of creepy because she was not okay at the time and not responsive yeah so you have like these adult women going yeah big sis amanda bunny yeah that was my least favorite scene probably in the whole book when she like yells that as if it's a serious thing yeah um i think so when i was like looking up people's reviews of this book and stuff for the for the podcast notes i the number one complaint is exactly that which is oh, like because wow. stephen king does not usually write like that okay Good to know. And I think it's like, I read something that was like, you know, this is representative of like, that's Lisey's background and that's part of her character is that yeah. she's kind of like, I don't know what the right word, I think hokey is kind of a good word for it, where it's like she was raised in this family that has all these right. idioms. Good and has ma all these, and, and dandy. Yeah. Yeah. Dandy something. Debusher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some, yeah. Um, but so I think like the all the bad reviews of the book were like, this was unreadable because she keeps saying all these annoying things. Yeah. And there were some that were like, it's annoying, but I sort of get why he did it that way. Yeah. And I think I kind of, I was more irritated this time than I remember being the last time. And uh-huh. I think that's because when I read it before, it was one of the first like Stephen King books that I had read as an adult. So oh, I think wow. I, like you, I was like, maybe that's just how he writes. Like it didn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. But now that I know that he's capable of not writing that way, I found it really grating. Interesting. But by the end of the book, I did feel like, I kind of understood the motive behind writing it that way because I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the thing is like, I, so the, I'm curious if you came to that the same way I did, because at the beginning you're just like, either this is bad writing or this is the most annoying yeah. woman on the yeah. planet. Either someone has, right. Either Stephen King has not talked to people. Right. He's never spoken to a human <laughs> being in his life. Or this is like, he thinks it's funny. I don't know. Right. Or, oh yeah. Or it's a stylistic choice. Right. That was the other option. Right. And so the, for me, what made me like, I think like maybe two thirds of the way through the book, I was like, okay, I kind of am on board with this. Yeah. It's like at the beginning, you think that it's just an annoying thing that they had those words. But as you start realizing that a lot of those words actually mean something, yes. then they have some kind of some gravity and you're like, oh, like when they're saying, you know, 
smucking or whatever. I forget what the yes. reason is for that, but it's like, it's because that's what his dad said in these bad situations or like bad smucking yeah. and like all that stuff. Like that actually means something real. And I think that's when I started being like, so it, you know, melted into Scott's exactly. life because it was real. And then once that stuff became real to Lisi, that stuff became real. Like the words became Yeah. Real and her. it's sort of to fortify it strengthens their bond too that very, they had this yeah, yeah. weird coded couple language that two yeah. years after his death she's very much yeah. holding on to even yeah. in her internal monologue but I had the same thing with smucking that mm-hmm. when I first started reading it I'm just like oh my god does this character not swear like she has to yeah she and she literally says it like on every single page in yes. the book it's nonstop, and she almost says it out loud and says Many it out times. loud multiple yeah. times yeah. and <laughs> Yeah, I was worried that it was like, oh God, this is like a swearing thing and yeah. she like doesn't want to swear. But it, it, yeah, over time it gets revealed that like, oh, I think Stephen King had a reason yeah. for including this. I just think like it's, so it, it's interesting because this is this is Stephen King's like, when people ask him what his favorite book is of his own, he yeah. says this one. Really? It's his favorite book. Cool. This is the one that he most wants to be a movie. This is the one that he says is most autobiographical. Is there a movie? So I'm confused because when I was Googling, I kept finding results for a Lisey Story movie, but I, so I don't know if that's like an error or if maybe it was going to be made before and now it's not, yeah. or if it's coming out, but if it's coming out, there's no real details about when or who's in it or whatever. Okay. Um, I think it would, it would either be a terrible movie like Dreamcatcher or 100%. it would maybe be a good movie. Yeah. It would either be terrible or great. Yeah. Most of them are not great, unfortunately. So I just think it would be hard to capture. I think, yeah, the climactic scene, which I don't want to spoil, it would be so difficult to do justice. Did you this know, make you less scared of him? It did. It honestly did. Um, I I felt stronger after finishing it. I'm like, yeah. I did that. But... Um, I'm I'm definitely curious to read another one. Also, I know you've said before that like the ending of Pet Cemetery is like the scariest thing you ever read. And immediately I'm like, I wonder what happens in that, which well, I'm so not ready for. <laughs> I think that you would be very upset. I think but, I would be so upset. But it's, it's a great story. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, but if you like, if you felt comfortable recommending me like a medium scary Stephen King book, yeah. I think I would read it. I'd only read it during the day. Yeah. But I think that's okay. Yeah, I'll think about it. Because I think they're like another another couple that I think you could read that aren't, that are kind of like this, where there's scary elements, but it's not really a horror. Like you could read 112263, you would probably super like. Okay. Um, Under the Dome, I think so, that gets some shit, but like I think it's good. And mm-hmm. it's it's more like storytelling and drama than horror. Um, also, The Dark Tower, you would probably really love that that whole series because it has yeah. like fantasy elements. Um. But I think like basically if you stay away from like the classic Stephen King, that's where the really scary stuff is. So yeah. like Carrie and Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, I and, got really curious about Carrie. Yeah. And Carrie also, great book. And like The Shining, so, like there's such great stories. Yeah. Um, and then It is one of my favorite ones and The Stand, but like there are a lot of scary elements in those. So I don't, yeah. but like the thing about Stephen King, and I, it sounds like you picked this, picked up on this, which I'm glad that you did, is like, even though his books are technically horror, like there are scary things that happen, it's always so much more about the characters. Yeah. And that's why I like it. Like I don't love typical horror stories because they just scare me too much. It just makes me mad. Like Pet Cemetery kind of did that. Yeah. But with his other books, it's like you have these scary elements that just like happen to you. It's like it makes the characters stronger and you always have this sense of relief after the scary things because like either his characters get through it, which they usually do, or if they don't, it's at least a really cool scene and then you get to see a, a really interesting character do something else. So it's yeah. like it never feels like 
I feel like often in horror movies, it's like, oh, my favorite character died and now I'm mad. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, the dog just got killed and now I'm crying. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't tend to do that stuff. Uh, that's good to know because I I think partly what made it less scary is because of Lisi, right? That you're yeah. like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing it with her. So yeah. it's okay. And she seemed braver than I would be in most of these situations. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll follow you. Yeah. <laughs> He could so easily have written this story from the perspective of Scott, mm-hmm. like from of the sort of main character, like the one who all this stuff is actually happening to. Yeah. Why do you think that he wrote it from her perspective instead of in a more direct way? Oh, good question. Um, well, for one, I think several reasons. One is that like Lisi kind of has this complex that it's, scott's story that it like stuff doesn't happen to her it's like he's the genius and she doesn't doubt his love for her but she kind of um she puts herself down a couple times in the book of like i don't remember what that word means or like scott would have the word yeah she did that a lot yeah and i think partly to show that the side character I guess she's not a side character she's the main character but like to give her the platform whereas if Scott was the main character Lisi could easily just be that background character that doesn't do very much and then also because um since Scott has passed away to give the sense of grief and that like uh, yeah, yeah. To talk about their relationship and how much it meant to both of them, and what it's like to go on after you yeah. lose your partner. Yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, again, like it was obviously an autobiographical ish story, and yeah. I, part of me wonders if like this was his way of sort of imagining what life would be like after he left you know where it's like right it's like he knows what it's like to be the author doing all this stuff but it's like more interesting creatively to think about like what would the world look like and what would my family look like after oh, I totally died? And yeah like, right it and would like, be kind of dark if he's like what if you died wife yeah and- right. well he writes a lot of those too <laughs> oh, okay but, yeah but I think like I I think that the the grief was a part of it I also felt like it made it much more suspenseful suspenseful because to your point like half of the book is Lisi sort of like about to have these memories and oh, then suppressing yeah, right. them and so you see these little moments of it yes. and it does build up the suspense yes. whereas if it was just like Scott being like oh my dad did this when I was little, whatever like I feel like that's a less interesting way of telling the yeah, story yeah she also takes on Scott's mantle too in a way of yeah. like all this stuff is his but in the end it's hers too yeah well and it, and it is a really nice empowering story about like this woman who has kind of been in the shadow like she's always been in this supporting role yeah, and a lot of it is her pal. literally being i was gonna say fuck it but being like smuck it you know like i'm gonna go home and eat <laughs> there's an entire chapter where she goes home and just like eats a hamburger helper and yeah. talks about how empowering that is i was into that i me too it made me want a hamburger helper. <laughs> but i like just the you know the thought of like the, it's sad being a widow but there are these moments of like you know it's kind of great that I'm in an empty house and I can eat an entire tray of hamburger helper and like there's you know you have the you don't have to explain yourself to anybody and she's kind of like very confident yeah but in many ways yeah oh yeah yeah but I um one thing I want so I found um the kind of the background of this story okay because everybody's been like you know uh, there's conjecture about like it this seems like there's a lot of similarities like it's this 
horror writer and he you know Stephen King famously like writes to loud rock music and all this stuff and he does this too so it's like very similar um and uh apparently he um he, I think this was in, so this was in 2006. So you know he, uh, the whole thing about how he got hit by the car in 1999? I heard about it. So yes. he, he got in a bad accident in 99 and he, um, you know, almost died from that. And then worse than that, he had like lung problems from the accident and he got pneumonia like a few years after the accident. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, it, his pneumonia came back and it was this really bad thing. And um, there was, he gave this speech, I think at a university and he had pneumonia at the time. And that's, that's an exact scene from the book where yeah. Scott goes and like gives a speech, even though he has pneumonia and there's this whole and thing. the doctors about, say he has pneumonia. Right. And yeah. he's able to like magically heal and like blow the crowd away and whatever. And Stephen King did the exact same thing. Um, and uh, after the speech, he had to get hospitalized for pneumonia. And while he was gone, his wife like redid his office in the house. Cause she was like, Oh, you know, I'll take advantage of this to, to redo it. Um, and he got out of the hospital early. So he came home before the office was done. And so he came home and he went to open his office door and his wife was like don't do it it's very disturbing like you're gonna feel like it's weird because it's empty in there and he opened it and he saw it and he was like this is what it would look like if my wife was packing up all my stuff after I died and that's the first scene in the book is like Lisi and her sister packing away all of Scott's stuff and thinking about like there's and it's this really realistic portrayal of like here's like a piece of paper that he wrote a note on and I'll never know what that note meant or like here's some magazines he saved and I don't really know why he saved them and like sort of trying to figure out like what the significance was now that you can't ask him and like I'm sure Stephen King has a lot of weird stuff in his office that would be hard to explain yeah Um, but I just like it's so much more autobiographical than I thought it was that's interesting yeah Yeah, I I was really curious how autobiographical it was other than the obvious connections of like famous writer that writes horror um that's fascinating yeah cool right and yeah and I saw at the end too like in the acknowledgments Mm -hmm. he was just basically like yeah, my wife has a lot of sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is I saw in the th- one of the things where he says that this is his favorite book that, you know, the interviewer is like, well, what does Tabby think of it? Because obviously, like, it's, you know, sort of a love letter to her and it's like dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King said that she doesn't like it very much. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe because he dies in it? Maybe. I. What he said is that she yells at him all the time because all he ever writes about is writers. And oh. she was like, why don't you write about something else? Um, so I don't know if that's all it is or if, or if it was more personal. Brendan, what do you think? I think maybe it's because of all the weird uh, mannerisms and phrases. That yeah. Oh, says. yeah, yeah. She yeah. was like, I don't say She had the smuck. same aversion that yeah, we did. Yeah, she was actually the first person right. ever on the internet to say, hey, I think this sucks. Too much smucking. Too much smucking in yeah. this book. Yeah. Do you think she has an alternate username that she like posts, <laughs> posts like shitty comments? Yeah. Smuck yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. 45. Yeah. <laughs> what a good t-shirt. Yeah. Should we make those? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that'll be the official Dairy Connection t-shirt. Do it. So while we're back on the topic of smucking, I was thinking, so one of the other things that you and I have in common is that we're both linguists, not by trade, but by education (laughs) that neither of us really use now. Um, But one of the things that we talk about, like we're both really fascinated by linguistics and, you know, sort of talk about that stuff. And one of the things I realized, while totally coincidentally, it's like I suggested this book to you and this book is really like as much about language as it is about grief and love. Totally. Not just because of the weird words, but because like the whole concept of like, the pool where we all go right where right. he gets his words from yes which here's a really fun fact yeah. apparently that concept is something that Stephen King's professor said to him when he was in college that's where he got wow. that from yeah so it's like it's this like I think it's a real thing that Stephen King thinks about when he's writing which that's is really, really cool. cool yeah but I just I, th- I thought it was interesting because like there's all these interesting things about like where writers get their ideas and there's all so much interesting wordplay there's like the obvious annoying things but then there's also like 
all these more subtle things where Lisi is kind of like playing with words or like yeah. using phrases in weird ways. Yeah, and she remembers a couple of famous lines in of literature at various points. Yeah. That he uses over and over again. Yeah. Um I really liked there was one about insanity. Oh yeah. Softly. Yeah. So let's talk about that one. The one so it goes the arguments against insanity fall through with a soft shuring sound layer upon layer. Yes. Which in the book it's a poem that I think um Scott wrote when he was younger or something. And in real life that's a poem that Stephen King wrote when he was in college. Oh my god. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he so Stephen King wrote it in college and apparently that same poem is also quoted by Jack in The Shining, by the main character in The Shining. Oh. Connection. Cool. Yeah learning can you remember like the other weird um language things that they say uh i wrote some down oh i did too i kept a list yeah uh strap it on yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for short um i have smucking i have the word word pool mm-hmm. i also wrote down purple which came up a lot and mm-hmm. is eventually explained but mm-hmm. she keeps talking about this purple curtain she doesn't want to look behind yeah not really a language thing, but something that came up repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Baby love. Uh-huh. Spelled with a U and a V. Yep. Yep. As one word, too. Yeah. Uh, baby love. Uh, I think that's all I have here. Well, and then the other one, the I mean, obviously the biggest one is bool, which yes. I think is the coolest. So basically a bool in the book means um, it's sort of, it's either a trick or a joke. Yeah, it's sort of hard to define, but I guess it's like, so there's this whole thing where Scott and his brother used to, is it they would play bulls on each other or they yeah. would something like that? And bulls can be good or bad. And so he and his brother would play good bulls on each other where it would be like a treasure hunt. And at the end, there would be a little thing that said bull the end. Sometimes there would be bad bulls. And that's like if somebody attacks you or yeah. something bad happens to a you. A blood bull. There's a blood bull. It's like a whole weird thing. But I there was one really cool. So like it, it, it again, just kind of seems like a nonsense, nonsense word. Um, but there's a moment where he says... Um, I forget who says this, but someone in there says a book is a bull only with a K. And I was like, that's yeah. so deep because it's, this goes back to the whole like writers are creating this whole world. And it's like, it's like every book that he writes, Stephen King is like leading us on a treasure hunt with a bull at the end. I just thought that was so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it comes up later to someone's doing a crossword and the yeah. words boon. Yeah. And it's like, well, and it's like, yeah, right. There's all this stuff about how like, bool book boom and boon are all right next to each other and yeah. so they're all because boom is the phrase that they use to say like sort of traveling somewhere right boomed yeah and yeah. so like all of those it, I, the whole concept i think is supposed to be that like all of those things are so closely related here's a question for you i am seriously and i i've remembered the first time i read this i had this idea now i'm having the idea again what do you think about me getting a tattoo that says so <laughs> is that a good or bad idea <laughs> Um, I will say whenever they said strap it on made me think of a strap on. Of course. So I think for that <laughs> well, reason. Well, I wouldn't get strap on on my arm. Yeah. But if yeah. It, Sorry, why not? I Well, that's my other idea. Okay. I would maybe get strap on on my leg or something, but mm-hmm. not, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do like the sentiment. Yeah. Which is basically I like... Just, I've always wanted a Stephen King tattoo and it's so hard to decide what to do. Yeah. I can't do Dark Tower because everyone does that. Sure. And Soiza is at least like... It's from one of the lesser known books and I feel like that... It, it's like... It's like something to live by. Yeah. It's like a nice motivational... Put and on it seems to work on. for her. Yeah. Put on your strap on and get to work. Can I uh, jump in for a second? Yes. Being adapted into a film 
by director Josh Boone. Stop it. Uh, I don't even know what to do with that information. Connection. That's so good. Okay, let's talk about connections. Um, okay, so I'm curious what you as a new reader picked yeah. up on. Because obviously you're familiar with a lot of things in like the Stephen King universe. Yeah, and even just from hearing you talk, talk about, about it stuff. nonstop. Yeah, this is like this is something I never would <laughs> Even just for you never shutting the fuck up about Stephen King. Uh-huh. I take notes. <laughs> when I talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Deep Space Cowboys was one. But that's yes. because... I've heard you mention that. I didn't pick up on that on my own. Uh, but I was super curious how that comes up in other places. Because yeah. according to this book, that's like, ooh, that's what she and Scott call the crazies that yeah. are too obsessed with him and get violent because of their obsession and passion. Yeah. Uh, so what are they in other stories? They So the biggest one, actually, I talked about on my Gerald's Game um, episode. Uh, in Gerald's Game, the bad guy who sort of appears as this hallucination is referred to as the, I think, just space cowboy, not deep space cowboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember because I know it sort of comes up in uh, like brief mention in other ones. Um, but that's the biggest one. And I fe- I don't know if that's where it came from, but that's definitely where I saw it. Um, the first time okay so the third one is apparently in cell which is the worst one Hmm. um okay this is kind of cheating because i put it in there but apparently in cell which i barely remember because i read it a while ago uh someone is referred to as apocalypse cowboys which seems related Cowboys. i think cowboys yeah is enough of a connection yeah but mostly gerald's game what else you got um well i was wondering if the long boy was in other stuff I don't think so. Really? Okay. The Wendigo is a primal demon that terrorizes, oh, in Pet Cemetery and the girl who loved Tom Gordon. I pictured something that's like basically like a giant whale in the forest is what I was yes. picturing. And, ugh, which I don't want to make because. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it would have, it would be a little more um, ominous. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, yeah. That first one I'd be like, oh, come here, long boy. <laughs> it's described as like smelling like garbage like garbage and death okay so what else you got um i uh there was one number this is very fun for me by the way i love when i have to force other people to talk about stephen king connections it's like my heaven dark score lake features heavily in bag of bones which is one of my favorite stephen king books i say that about all of them but it's one of my favorite (laughs) ones and um i'm sorry i'm insufferable i don't know how you guys (laughs) listen to me do this all the time it's horrible um so in bag of bones the main character is this guy named mike noonan who is a famous writer um and mike noonan (laughs) um amanda in part of the book is reading a mike noonan audiobook Ooh, cool yeah nice uh i (laughs) no there was definitely another one (laughs) brendan are you from sitting in on these episodes do you yes. care more or less about Stephen King than you did? <laughs> more than I've ever cared in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Does it is it interesting? Yeah. I mean, as I guess technically the first person to listen to any of these episodes, I am consistently And you hear the fascinated. raw stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently fascinated by yeah. this. Okay. Especially having not read any of it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm doing my job. Yeah. I'm spreading the gospel of Stephen King. But you know, I'll be here when you talk about Christine. Yes. I gotta do that soon. Oh, that's a good recommendation, maybe. Is it me- yeah. it's medium scary? Yeah, because it's it's re- like the conceit is it's like so ridiculous. It's like how scared can you actually be of a demon car? Yeah, it's a, it's a killer car. Yeah. Oh, I just saw an onion headline. 
Oh yeah, making fun of it. And oh really? I, yeah, I didn't quite get it, but I was like, it must be from one of his books. It's like Stephen King called in on case with killer car. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I read the first paragraph, and mm. it was pretty funny that where it reads like a crime procedural it's or from something. And he's two like, days ago, and it says Bangor police bring in Stephen King to help track demonic car that killed a woman. Unbelievable. That's so funny. Yeah. That book is great because you get all of the same incredible character development that you get from other Stephen King, but the actual scary thing that happens is a car that's alive and speaks by changing the radio to oh, stations. Oh, yeah. my God. It's unbelievable. Yeah, very I think good. I could handle that. Yeah. This I'm not going to read the whole Onion article out loud, even though I want to, but yeah. this is very good, and everyone should Google this. <laughs> Link it in the show notes. At the, yeah, at the very, the, the, well, never, I'm not going to ruin the last sentence. It's just really funny. <laughs> I love that. Hey, listeners, check the show notes. Yeah. Check the show notes. Brendan will write them for you. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Um, uh, wait, hold, let me think a little bit more. There was, um, I wish I'd written some down. There was definitely stuff I was, oh, 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 oh. Some of the things that the first crazy guy they met was saying. Uh, that Lisi hit with a shovel. Oh, the wasn't his name like Gerd or something? Gerd Allen Cole or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was it. Um, none of it made sense to me, so yeah. I wondered if it was something from other books. That's a good question. I don't think it was, but let me let me do a quick Google and see. Do you remember what some of them were? Something about freesias, which I don't oh, freesias. I don't know what that is. It's a flower. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that clearly I, uh, <laughs> you picked the one thing that's a real yeah, word. <laughs> I dug deep into that. I was like, wow, that must be some kind of Stephen Kingism. Yeah. I'm trying to, Oh, I got to end all this ding dong for the freesias. Yep. Yeah. Total nonsense. I think cool. the point there was just that, um, that he's crazy. he was crazy, but that would have been a, a good opportunity to, to, <laughs> to put, put a connection. Some, yeah. Steven, you should have done something. Steven, there. when you listen to this episode, please take note. <laughs> that was disappointing. Um, yeah, I guess it, it was stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's, I feel like you're definitely going about the connection thing the right way because that's what I usually do too is like if something yeah. stands out as like unnecessarily specific or it's yes. like seems like a common phrase or something, I usually Google it to see if he's used it somewhere else. That was a really good list. Thank you. Not Stephen King, but I had just finished the second season of Stranger Things when I was reading Ooh. this as well. Have you seen it? I haven't seen the second one yet, but I don't care about spoilers. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you care about Stranger if you care about season two, spoilers. turn off this podcast. Yeah. Skip. Press the skip thirty yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. button uh, if a bunch of times. If you're using Anchor, we have a handy skip forward. Well, it's fifteen, so you 15 might have to push it a few times. Mm-hmm. I won't talk long. <laughs> you have fifteen seconds. Go. <laughs> uh, it really uh, Paul's condition. Uh, his Scott's brother who basically is taken over by the the bad gunky bad gunky um uh. reminded me of will who in stranger things 2 gets possessed by this like shadow demon yeah. and is connected to this other dimension Ooh, and yeah. basically they're like we have to protect the boy that's still inside there but there's this demonic thing possessing him this one that one minus the dog brendan just showed us his twitter go to twitter.com slash brendan bigley and you'll see what we just saw (laughs) nice um (laughs) with the dog yeah 
Uh, so we'll cut all that out. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that took me more than 15 seconds to say oh, yeah. something that should have taken 15 seconds. Five. It's now been five minutes, so you heard all the spoilers. We can shrink Sorry. it down. Sorry. Yeah. We can take the audio and then squash it into 15 <laughs> yeah, yeah. seconds. Just fast forward it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the time when I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is similar. This is similar. That, and now that's well, all you know, I got. Well, you know, like Stranger Things is very heavily like based on like they're all Stephen King fans. Totally. So I'm sure they've read this book. So maybe. I would not be shocked if they like maybe it is an homage or a like unconscious. Yeah, I I mean I think it's like a not totally uncommon theme, but uh, watching one and reading the other right on top of each other yeah. made me see the connection. Yeah, doubly so. Um, but that was scary when Paul gets. Yeah, that was really taken upsetting. Over. I have a really upsetting. hard time. I'm sure everyone does, but I have a really hard time anytime that children are like abused in books yeah. or movies. Um, so that was a, and the thing, that's another, like the details that he talks about with yeah. like Paul's condition and like being like keep being kept in the cellar and stuff. Like it's not just, I feel like a lot of authors would sort of gloss over what that experience was like yeah. for Paul. Cause he's not the main character, yeah. but you get into all these like Scott shares these details that really make you understand like what Paul was going totally. through. Totally. Um, the like the ring of feces. I know that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. It's just so depressing. It's so sad. And, and then gross. when they kill it, um, killing Paul yeah. as well, they they talk about how like it had taken on this demonic form that did not look like his brother. He would like had been growing hair yeah. and his like mouth was too and then big. Once it- and once they kill it, it just reverts into this like starving boy. Yeah that has been do you in think, a basement. Do you think there's any chance that would actually happen is that Scott and his dad were hallucinating? No. Cuz it felt a little it felt a little ambiguous where it's like yeah. maybe that's just because it was earlier in the story before you find out like all the other stuff, but part of me did feel like is that possible that it's like the bad gunky was just for example in Scott and his dad and that Paul was just a kid. Wow, that would be so dark. Yeah. Um but it really, the way that it, it I, seems I guess based like off of Scott's interaction with when it's just he and Paul and Paul still tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes me think that it was real and he got possessed by something. Yeah. Um, whereas if it had been his father who was like, something's wrong with Paul, we need to tie him up. Yeah. That would be different. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was real. Yeah. Um. Ugh, and then the Scott and his father's confrontation is really awful. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He, well, that's the other thing is like you, when you're hearing like Lisey's hints about like Scott's childhood, yeah. it feels a little like Scott was maybe dramatic or crazy or something. Yeah. And then when you get the actual information about what was going on, I think that, um, that was, that, that was like a surprising reveal that it was actually worse than Scott had made it out to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. You're like, okay, he was abused. Not that that's something to take lightly, but boy, oh boy, is it not just that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much worse. Yeah. I don't want to end on this, but one of the questions I had was about items being anchors of like, you can't take them to Booyah Booyah Moon and you, some of them you can't take back. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you had thoughts on that because at first Scott talks about like, I couldn't bring a shovel and I thought, oh, it's a metal thing, which is common in old magic and old magic <laughs> like alchemy <laughs> it's just like oh iron can't go yeah but 
uh, Lisi brings the silver spade. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. It's a metal thing. Yeah. But then later you find out it's like the yellow Afghan can't it, come Well, it can back. go one way, but it not can the go other one way. way. But then Lisi does bring it back because she gets it wet, which yeah. I wasn't totally clear on. Yeah. Um. So is your question, wasn't that weird? Yeah, I guess like, <laughs> was it just like a sentiment? Was it emotional or do you think he came up with a rule set? I don't know. I think it was more a metaphor for like certain. So it reminds me of the book, The Talisman, which I mentioned, which has the territories in it. Yeah. has a similar, it's called The Talisman. And it's sort of about like people drawing strength from objects. And I think it's more that kind of metaphor where it's like, depending on who you are and your relationship to the object, it might change like, because I feel like the, for example, like when, um, when uh, Scott tried to bring the shovel wouldn't go with him, but then he could bring like a toy shovel or something. Yeah. And I wonder if that was because it's like he was a little kid and he couldn't really handle the idea of burying his brother. Yeah. So it was like he was sort of able to like sneak it through because it was like this toy. Right. Um, so I think it's more about like emotional connections to objects. But I also think it's a giant plot hole in a big like pile of plot holes where like basically everything around Booyah Moon and maybe intentionally, like maybe it's like it's a magical place. So Stephen King didn't want to explain the rules. Like yeah. you have to kind of learn as you go. Um, that's my sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the yellow Afghan is just like, Oh, it's special. Yeah. I also, the other thing that happened to me while I was reading this book is I started getting really um, scared that my husband was going to die. Did you oh. have the same feeling where you were like, no, okay <laughs> just well me, just i'm me. not married maybe it's different if it's like but you're in a committed husband. relationship yeah but yeah maybe but it's i a don't more call clear. him husband that's probably good that would be weird if you called him your husband yeah he, probably, he might find that yeah he, i don't think he'd be okay with that <laughs> your smucking husband yeah. my smucking husband <laughs> go home and say hey hey smucker <laughs> yes this is how we husband. talk now <laughs> strap it on yeah <laughs> I think he would be really disturbed. Um, okay. And so on a scale of one to 10, yeah. how fun do you think it is reading Stephen King and looking for Stephen King connections? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the addendum. Um, like a seven. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Remember that she needs this. Yeah. I, <laughs> Chris, I need that. This is all I have. <laughs> but I'm... I'm someone that would get super into the connection stuff too. Yeah. That I, I That's why I Okay, so my right I genuinely think you should read Dark Tower next. Okay. It's like it's just the it's best like thing. It's like eight books though, right? 7. Well, okay. 7 and a half. Okay. <laughs> Depends how you count them. <laughs> uh I'll tell you what I tell everyone else who reads The Dark Tower. The first book is terrible and so boring, but it's okay. really short. Okay. So you just have to get through it for just like groundwork. Yeah. Because um, Stephen King wrote the first one when he was like 19 or something. So it just wow. is terrible. And then he wrote the next one like 10 years later and it's much better. Okay. Um, I have the first uh, three or four books if you want to borrow one. Good to know. Let me know. <laughs> uh, oh, we got a Colin. <laughs> I almost forgot. Um, Ring. Colin segment. Yeah. The, the <laughs> line guy. is live. So for the first time ever, I keep forgetting to do this, but uh, if you are listening on Anchor, you can call in to the Dairy Connection um, and send me questions or comments or tell me all the things that I'm sure I got wrong while we were recording this episode. Um, and we actually got our first ever call in. I say we as if there's a, well, I guess there sort of is a team behind the podcast. I have an unwilling <laughs> assistant. Someone help me. <laughs> uh, we, Brendan and I got our first call in from, <laughs> from Jonesy. And Chris, too. We, the three of us got our first ever call-in. Uh, here's Jonesy. 
Hey, Maya, it's Jonesy. Uh, I'm curious what the dairy has to do with the Stephen King. Are you referring to Derry, New Hampshire? Just curious. I used to kind of live over there, so. Thanks so much for the question. That's a great one. Um, Chris, I think you know enough about Stephen King now to explain this. Um, Derry is a place. Uh -huh. It's a fictitious place in Maine that Stephen King sets many of his stories or references it in yeah. passing. And it's not real, but it <laughs> comes up a lot. Yeah. That was perfect. Oh, good. Yeah. So, da yeah. So, Derry is uh, a fictional city in Maine. And I, the reason I called it Derry Connection instead of like Castle Rock Connection is because I feel like Derry is sort of, it's, it's sort of like the central place. Like, it takes place in Derry in a lot of the big uh, stories. Um, but then there's also, like we talked about, Castle Rock and uh, all the other ones. I have a follow-up question. Yes. Uh, if the Stephen King universe is a cohesive universe, do like are the people in Maine privy to all the weird shit that keeps happening there? Yeah. Yes. What, meaning all the weird stuff that keeps happening there. Like meaning, if multiple bad things happen in Derry, I assume it is like. I see what you're saying in the fictional Maine. Yes. I are all of these stories actual actually yeah. happening <laughs> in the same town for yeah. real? And all of the like citizens who live there are like, oh, there was the weird clown a couple years yes. ago. And this yeah. year, yes. this and thing happened. There exactly. are many books in which people reference the weird clown murders in Derry. That's very cool. Yeah. So all of, and there's like, um, there the clown, like Pennywise, I think is the best example of this because there's um, in uh, the Dark Tower, for example, they come across, and this is in the movie too, they come across like a big sign that says Pennywise. And there's in um, 112263, he travels back in time, and one of the places he goes is Derry, and he meets the kids who are from it, and they talk about what's going on in Derry. So it's like, so everyone's very aware of it. And it's cool because it adds to the feeling that it's, it, it makes the, the sort of fantastical things feel real because you get to see people, you know, it's like 20 years after the clown killings, people are yeah. kind of talking about it in this casual way. Like that was a weird thing that happened. Yeah. But it that's like what would happen in real life is people right. would be like, Oh, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. You, you have distance from yeah. it. I'm surprised he hasn't written a book purely from the point of view of someone who has like lived through all of that in the town. Meaning like someone who's been through multiple of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of my favorite comic books of all time is called Marvels. And it's about this reporter yeah. who just happens to live in New York City <laughs> while like all of the crazy stuff is at like... That's so cool. Like throughout the entirety of the Marvel universe. And he's just like a reporter. He just happens to like work there. Yeah. And it's just like told from his point of view. Like, oh yeah, yeah there was a superhero for the first time ever. And then like all the way up to like yeah. Spider-Man and stuff in the like 2000s. There is, so Castle Rock is kind of like that. Because, oh, right. So Castle Rock... Well, there, and there's also um, Jerusalem's Lot, I think, is another good example. But yeah. um, in uh, Castle Rock, so Norris Ridgwick is actually one of the other, I forgot this one, but he's mentioned in this book and he's the sheriff or whatever. Mm. And he's one of the main characters in Needful Things, which I always think of as one of the kind of root stories because it has a lot of small stories that branch off and those characters get mentioned in other stories. Um, so I think Castle Rock feels, because it's a smaller town, I think feels more like people will be like, oh yeah, like... I can't believe another crazy thing is happening. Whereas dairy, it's like less likely that it happens to the same people. But I do think it would be very cool. And maybe this is what the upcoming Castle Rock show will be. I was just about be. to say. Yeah. It's heavily implied that that's what the, they're making a show on Hulu called Castle Rock. Yeah. Oh. It's implied that it's going to be just a detective who just has to like exist while all yeah. this crazy supernatural oh, cool. stuff yeah. is happening. There that you would go. be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They also implied that's what the Dark Tower <laughs> movie should. would be and it was not. So yes. they should get Stephen King on the case. They should. Someone should call him to investigate the... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the strange car murder. Yeah, call back. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, so um, that was a very long-winded answer to Jonesy's call, and this is what will happen if you call into my show. I will talk for literally hours about whatever question you ask, and I will make my friends sit through <laughs> through me talking about it. Uh, so thanks so much for the call in Jonesy and Chris, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thank I you hope you had a fun time. Me. Yeah, I had such a fun time. I look forward to recommending more books and talking for hours about Stephen King. Yeah. Thanks for making me a stronger person. You're so welcome. <laughs> we should really thank Stephen King. You should maybe write him a letter or yeah. a email. Tweet. Thank you, Mr. King. A tweet maybe would be easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brendan, thanks so much as always for sitting here patiently while I rambled. Of course. Okay. It's a pleasure. Uh, thanks. And if you're listening, call in. Tell me what you think about Stephen King. Where can they do that? Oh, you can do that on the Anchor app. Search for it. Download it from the App Store or Google Play. Search for Dairy Connection and give me a call. Bye. Bye. You didn't say bye. Bye. Thank you. Baby love. You will find the Dairy Connection and we can party. Like it's six nineteen ninety nine.